I decided a long time ago I'm sick of making the typical Christian hip hop veggie tales type of music where it's like we're going to talk about an issue but we're not really going to talk about an issue we're just going to kind of sugarcoat around it and maybe spit one bar about it but we're not going to actually do a whole song what's going on everybody this is your boy tj pompeo you are listening to testimony a musician story so keep it locked right here yeah, you and me could ruin me, Vesuvius pursuing me I think about it, and every time, the same thing that you do to me You make it look so appealing, to chase after that ceiling To attain it, get famous, where my gain is, where my name is And now that I've had a taste of it, I understand how you lied to me Cause once I came to that pride, everything good died up inside of me Your schemes, they ain't what they seem, full of greed When I heed to the words you speak, then I see how And I'm not already satisfied with what I got in my own hand that Sack of lies can't gratify They take me back to my homeland Italia Take a trip down to the Malfi coast and lay low You won't see no halos riding past the ruins of Pompeo T.J. Pompeo was born Townsend James Pompeo On August 22, 1990 In Harrisburg, Virginia He is the youngest of two girls and one boy He grew up in a two-parent Christian household And recalls giving his life to Christ While playing with Legos when I was four years old, my parents came into my room um, and I was playing with Legos and they, uh, I remember it really well. They like, they just sat me down they got real serious with me. Like, you know, TJ, we know you've been learning about Jesus in Sunday school. And we wanted to know if, you know, if you would like to make him your personal Lord and Savior. And I'm just like, well, you know, I just want to play with Legos. So sure, let's, let's do that so I can get back to business. And so, they, you know, they said the prayer with me and all that. And then, you know, technically, I was saved at that point, but I didn't really know what that meant. I think I'd always had an understanding of that, you know, there was a God out there, that there was a higher power, that God existed, and what I was learning in Sunday school, you know, God is good, He created us, God sent Jesus here so that we can, you know, be forgiven of the, the wrong and stupid stuff we do. Um, you know, however they present it to you as a four- or five-year-old, like, that's the knowledge that I had of, of God and spiritual things. And so I think I understood that in that moment I was making a spiritual decision when I was praying with my parents at the age of four, but again, I didn't understand what personal relationship with God meant or what it looked like at all. And then, you know, again, four years after that is when that whole thing happened with being molested, and then it just kind of brought back all those reminders of like, oh, wow, didn't I do, like, didn't I, like, technically get saved four years ago, and doesn't that mean you're supposed to protect me forever? Like, what the heck happened there? And so it was just, again, just a distortion of my picture of what God who God was in that in that time and and, uh, and understanding I didn't understand that like bad things still happen to Christians. Yo, it ain't the length of life, it's the depth of life, and life could be a treasure, but only if you invest it right. Quality, hope, or quantity—that's what they're telling me constantly. Honest, see we all got a dream, right? A nice whip and nothing but green lights cruising down the strip. Bliss, but to some dreams seem like nothing more than a thought that unfolds while we sleep tight. But why you stop dreaming when you're Woke up, a dream is a season for folks like us Everyday people with everyday pursuits It ain't limited to rich men in suits True, you wanna know who you are Well tell me what you're committed to And there's your answer, no limit, dude If you've been given the dream, do as the ballers do Lace up, take that shot, follow through Every yeah. dream that's ever tried to knock on my door Oh, they're safe here Tell them they're safe here This young boy who gave his life to Christ, 
and thought he was forever protected from evil, was sexually molested at the age of eight. I try not to like spin it where because of that happening, like that's what made me just kind of turn my back on God. But it did, you know, that whole event happening did cause a lot of uh, just a lot of lack of clarity, a lot of confusion, a lot of gender identity crisis, stuff like that. Uh, a lot of uh, just questioning God's faithfulness, his provision, his protection, you know, his promises, um, all those different things. And uh, and that, of course, you know, those questions and not really getting answers to those questions over the years kind of led to me just saying, well, I don't give a crap then. I'm just going to do whatever I want. Um, you know, later on into middle school and high school years. It was a one-time event, but it was a uh, it was enough to really trick me up. But then the innocence of fades, right? We get bigger. We think we know what's best for ourselves. Go figure. Get the whole world, not a sliver. And while you're at it, go ahead and wreck your liver. Mister, one of a kind is who you're supposed to be, teach. But when you're looking in the mirror, is this who you hope to see? Because see, most of me was broken peace. All because a man came and touched me inappropriately. And after that day, I lived life for me. I was looking out for number one, ignoring two and three. But see, so it seems that's the way that it goes. I was walking down the road, bare feet in the snow. It felt so cold, man, I'll never forget. That night up in my dorm room, the way to regret. Reflecting on my past for forgiveness, I prayed. I said, God, what happened to them good old days? Do you remember when? Remember good guys and villains? When we were innocent little children? Remember when we was boys and girls without a care in the world Do you remember when? Remember climbing trees and hiding When every single toe was a diamond Remember when the clock it took so slow Where did it go? Like what you're hearing so far? Check us out at TestimonyStories.com That's TestimonyStories.com Where you can hear content for you and about you Everyone has a testimony. Everyone has a testimony. And we want to hear yours. Tell us how God has transformed your life. Each month, we will select a person to highlight and interview. Find out more at TestimonyStories.com. Testimony. A story. Testimony. Where Christian hip-hop artists give you an exclusive look into their lives and their music. Take a journey into the minds of today's top Christian hip-hop artists as they open up and share about their past, their faith, and their music in ways you've never heard before. Put on your favorite pair of headphones or turn the stereo volume up and listen. Now back to TJ Pompeo's testimony, a musician story. I wanna be unmovable and unshakable to let my roots go down deep. Unmovable and unshakable in you. I wanna be unmovable and unshakable to let my roots go down deep. Unmovable and unshakable in you. And I wanna be like a tree. That one event sent TJ off on a journey of self-discovery that would eventually lead him right back to Christ. Throughout the years, just went through life, just trying to trying to figure things out, trying to figure out what I believed and whatnot. And through 
high school through middle school, just getting into the typical peer pressures because I had really, I was trying to find joy and peace and comfort in those things. Um, and you know, I tried to just, I just abused the, the partying, I abused the drugs, the alcohol, I tried to find my identity in women, chasing girls, blah, 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 all that stuff. You know, I was very heavy into that throughout high school and throughout the first year of college. And then halfway through my freshman year of college, uh, my roommate had just gotten saved the summer before our freshman year when we moved into the dorms, and then he started inviting me to this on-campus Bible study. And I would always refuse and deny his invitation, like, you know, I mean, I'm good, I got better things to do. So then fast forward to uh, to Christmas break of our freshman year, we get back from Christmas break, we're back in the dorms, back on campus, and he starts inviting me again every week. I'm like, oh my God, I'll just go, so shut up and leave me alone, go to this thing. So I finally went. Uh, it was uh, January 29th, and uh, that was in 2009. And um, when I walked in, the very first person I saw for the first time in 10 years was the man who had sexually molested me when I was eight. Uh, I hadn't seen him since it happened, and uh, it was his first time at that Bible study that night, too. Just one of those things where when I think about it, it's just uh, it's too... It's too coincidental to not be or completely orchestrated by God. Like it's just, it's just crazy to think of of the fifty to sixty invitations that I declined. The one time I did accept it was the same exact time that this guy decided to come. And and you know and furthermore, you know when I saw him that night, I had always wondered growing up, like if I ever see this guy again, what am I going to want to do to him? Well, I want to hurt him. Well, I want to go up and just just choke him. Like what am I going to? What are my feelings going to be if that ever happens? And when I walked in and saw him that night, the only thing I felt towards him at all, the only thing I wanted to do in that moment was just go up and give him a hug and just let him know that I had forgiven him. But I I was like, why do I feel like this? I hadn't rededicated my life to God yet. I was like, why do I feel like this? Why do I feel compassionate and want to extend grace and mercy to this guy? And it just took a lot, you know, it took a toll on me in that moment. I'm like, there must be some weird Christian voodoo stuff going on. And God just really worked on my heart that night. He really, uh, really talked to me, really spoke to me through through other people there that were there at that Bible study through seeing this man again, it really just, it brought me to a very humbling place where I was open to kind of listening to God because it, it hit me in that moment like, wow, this is really crazy. Like, it's very coincidental that I would see him. Maybe there is something here that you want from me, God. Like, maybe there is something more. Maybe I maybe I have been um, ignorant to, to you and just, uh, and I was open to that finally, that idea of like maybe Maybe God is actually trying to, to, to get to me right now. God just really reminded me in that moment to the exact same lengths and depths and extent that you've forgiven this man, and you didn't even know it, to those exact same depths. I've forgiven you every single day for the past, you know, 10 years, past 18 years that you've been alive. But specifically, uh, you know, he really made me realize, like, for the past 10 years that you've been spitting in my face, denying me, being bitter towards me making decisions blatantly to try to spit in my face. I've forgiven you for each and every single one of those things. After seeing his molester for the first time and not feeling angry, he knew it was time for a change. 
He went back to his dorm room and rededicated his life to Christ on November 29, 2009. The lesson he learned as a kid about the fact that bad things do happen to Christians is something he's continually being reminded of through his physical ailments. It started after my first tour that I did back in 2010, summer of 2010. And uh, it just was like severe, extreme, crazy pain in my throat and my vocal cords. And went to the doctor after a few months, got checked out. And, you know, they said there was nodules, there was redness, just a bunch of vocal issues going on because of me mis- misusing my voice and not, not, not treating it properly while on tour. So I did vocal rest, the typical stuff. The vocal nodules went away, the redness disappeared, but I was still in just excruciating pain uh, and lose my voice really easily. Um, my voice would go hoarse really easily. Uh, and uh, so I had to go back to the doctor, I had to go to a specialized, you know, ENT doctor in Philadelphia, then one in, in, uh, in DC, one in Baltimore, just a bunch of different areas. And they all noticed the same thing that, you know, there was scar tissue damage on my vocal cords. Um, and it would be one of those things where it could never really heal. Uh, and I would just have to deal with it. And, and it's just been one of those things that I've really been wrestling with for the past few years. And, uh, it does make it hard to do what obviously what I've been gifted to do in music and uh, as frequently and as much as I want to be able to do it, I can't perform as long, I can't perform as frequently, I can't record as often, um, I can't sing for as long. So it's really affected my life in a bunch of different ways, uh, personal and career-wise. It's just really taken a toll on me. Uh, I've learned to somewhat manage with it, but every so often it still really affects me and I get very emotional when I think about it because it's really frustrating. About three years ago, an additional kind of physical ailment got placed onto me. It was a uh, just a back injury that I just experienced in the weight room one day, and, and I've talked with plenty of doctors. I've spent thousands of dollars on tests and medicines and doctor visits and chiropractor and acupuncture and MRIs and prescriptions, blah, 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 you name it. I've tried it. Um, a typical back injury that was supposed to heal within four to six weeks of the typical uh, resting procedures and, and physical therapy. I did all that stuff, and it never went away. Um, it's just one of those things that I'm in excruciating chronic physical pain every day um, for the past three years in my pretty much my whole entire upper body on the right side of my upper body. Uh, wake up with pain, go to bed with pain. I live off of painkillers pretty much every day. And it's just a challenge. I just hid it from people except for very, very, very close friends and uh, and my parents um, and my siblings. But it's just been one of those things in terms of letting other people like my fans and people who support me and follow me and stuff, I haven't really let them in. Except little glimpses where I'll show them a picture of me you know, at the ER, post a picture just like, hey, pray for me, I'm in the ER uh, again. Um, but I don't give any details as to why. Because there's just a party that was really nervous about letting people in on that world. I think it was a pride issue that I wrestled with. And then um, I got challenged by uh, by Cannon, who's one of my really close friends. You know, he's obviously been through through hell and back with his uh, with his ordeal over the past year or so. Um, and I was sitting with him about four or five months ago in his house, and we were just talking, having a, a deep discussion. And he challenged me. He said, you know, man, you really dope at what you do. You're a great artist. He's like, I really respect your creativity. I, I love it when you do, you know, your love songs and all that stuff. He's like, but there's a whole other side of your life that don't let the fans in on at all. And that's, you know, that is your physical ailments and what you deal with on a daily basis and how you live off the pain shows and how you have chronic pain. But you don't tell that to anybody. You don't let them in on that world. He's like, it's very, it's a very relatable thing, even if people haven't been through it, but especially for people who are going through it or have been through it in the past, it's very relatable. He's 
music. And you, that is what makes great music and great art. It's something that people can relate to and connect with. TJ took Cannon's advice and wrote Next Time, a song that can be found on his debut EP, Pompeo. Uh, you know how the saying goes, another day, another dollar. But in my case, the way it goes, another day, another doctor. Because uh, see, ever since 09, the hospital been my second home. The crazy thing is, this whole time, it's a side of me I never shown. I was scared of looking weak, it was weak in my platform. But every other week, I was weak in the bad form. Keeping up a smile, I continue to act norm. Sir, please don't forget to fill out the back of the form. Been living off of pain pills, just popped an oxy five minutes ago. I got a lot of friends and a lot of fans, but I'm up in the hospital, no visitors though. Here we go again, the emergency room. Looking like I might need surgery soon. Whole entire upper body on fire, I can feel it, feel it burning like I got third degree fumes. Can't nobody tell me nothing, they don't even know what's wrong with me Five years, they've been running tests Can't somebody tell me something rather than sending me home with new meds and more medical debt I confess, there are times when I lose faith and abandon hope Then I digress, get mad at God, go off on tangents and damn him most But the doctor just walked back in the room with my test results I'm thinking I could guess mine He said it came back negative again Connect with Testimony and Musician Story through social media. Find links to our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and more at TestimonyStories.com. Testimony, where Christian hip-hop artists give you an exclusive look into their lives and their music. Take a journey into the minds of today's top Christian hip-hop artists as they open up and share about their past, their faith, and their music in ways you've never heard before. Put on your favorite pair of headphones or turn the stereo volume up and listen. Follow the bouncing bass. Knock, note, every time I shoot, I know You ain't bulletproof and I don't Need a gun to kill, I'm lethal, lethal Knock, note, every time I shoot, I know You ain't bulletproof and I don't Need a gun to kill, I'm lethal, lethal Pompeo is spelled like the Roman city Pompeii The ancient city that was affluent but then famously destroyed by a volcano the city was covered by a thick layer of volcano ash and then abandoned for almost 2,000 years. And after 2,000 years of being buried by a thick layer of ash, Pompeii was mostly intact. Each track on TJ's Pompeo represents his volcanoes, his sins, his struggles with lust, pride, anger. If these volcanoes were to erupt, they could lead to the ruins of Pompeo. TJ is an eclectic artist who writes, sings, raps, produces, and mixes and masters music as well. Like him, his music is eclectic as well. It ranges from rap to R&B to pop to dance. This album truly is a mixed bag of sounds, similar to the name of his former label, Mixed Bag Entertainment, owned by recording artist The Truth. There are a few songs on Pompeo that have generated a lot of attention, one of which is the race-influenced track, Feeling Away. Bigotry and discrimination. 
the crimes which are weakening America. Sit on the couch, flip on the TV, what's it about? I'm seeing this weekly. Black man in the streets, he was gunned down by the police chief. Every day, it's another one. By now, they make it look easy. Being white in America has perks. Ask Dylan, Confederate flag, they'll give me a bulletproof vest. After I go in and shoot up a black church, but God forbid, I'm walking the streets, putting my hoodie up, rhyming the beats. If I am white, that's no problem. If I am black, harassed by police, they'll point guns and yell at me, telling me I am a felony. I'll comply, ask why, then they'll go and beat up the hell out of me, it'll escalate into an escapade, his trigger finger, it won't hesitate, he'll put two in my chest, beat me to death, go back to the station and celebrate, but we've become so numb to it, as a culture we have succumbed to it, becoming a norm, watching the uniforms abuse their gun units, we don't even care to speak up, not a peep for goodness sake, I mean, Sam Dubose gets shot in the head and we only care about Drake and me. Obviously with all the craziness uh, going on with um, just the media and police brutality. Um, it's very much present in my life because I, I left a very, you know, um, assertive comment on someone who, uh, to, on Instagram the other day to a fan who replied. And, uh, he's like, you know, typical of culture, well, all lives matter. I can't stand the Black Lives Matter movement. So whatever, all lives matter. Uh, I just made a very strong point to him. It's like, look, man, I live in a very predominantly black community in Atlanta. I have three black roommates. I have a lot of black friends. I have black relatives. My my nephew is half black, so I, I connect very much with that culture. I'm obviously involved in, in hip-hop and R&B, so I connect very much with that culture. And I've even been in personal circumstances and situations where I went to a, a bank with three black friends. I waited in the car for them. They went inside took them way longer than it needed to, so I went inside. Someone had called security on them because they felt like it was suspicious activity going on because my friends walked in to get some money to make a withdrawal, and the minute that I walked in to more or less claim them, quote-unquote, as like, well, no, they're fine. They're my friends. Like, we're, they were just doing this. We're, we're just trying to get some money at ATM, and we're going to be on our way. A normal bank transaction. At that moment, it was when everything kind of resolved and everyone felt at peace. All the employees were like, oh, there wasn't a threat. Okay. And it just really opened my eyes like it was a personal experience of like racial discrimination based on skin hue and a negative perception of that skin hue. And it just really opened my eyes like, wow, this is real. Like, this is real. As a white person, it's like you will just go through life sometimes knowing, yeah, they dealt with slavery. And yes, there are some still some racial tensions that exist. But you know, I don't really know the extent of it because I'm white. I grew up in a town of 2,000 white people in the sticks in Virginia. So I don't really know anything about it. But then once you actually live in it and you experience it and you see the direct effects of it on people who are very close to you, it's like, wow, this is really messed up and it's a very real thing. And the exact same day that Drake and Meek Beef released was the exact same day that Sam DuBose got shot in the head by a police officer in Cleveland. And Drake and Meek had more, had more publicity than the Sam DuBose shooting did. And that just pissed me off. I couldn't I couldn't deal with that. I need to do this song, and I know I'm going to get flagged for it. I know there's going to be certain people who it's going to offend, it's going to bother some people, it's going to cause, you know, some of the legalistic Christians to turn up because I said the word hell in the verse. Like, all that stuff happened. And uh, and again, it's just like I embraced, the, I embraced the reality that that was going to happen, and I had no issue at all because um, I, I decided a long time ago, I'm sick of making the typical Christian hip-hop Veggie Tales type of music where it's like, we're going to talk about an issue, but we're not really going to talk about an issue. We're just going to kind of shoot and around it 
and maybe spit one bar about it, but we're not going to actually do a whole song and just be as real and raw and cutthroat as we possibly can. If, if I am a Christian, this is actually the way I should be approaching this because I'm called to be the voice that sheds light on the darkness. Testimony. Testimony. Where Christian hip-hop artists give you an exclusive look into their lives and their music. Take a journey into the minds of today's top Christian hip-hop artists as they open up and share about their past, their faith, and their music in ways you've never heard before. Put on your favorite pair of headphones or turn the stereo volume up and listen. Everyone has a testimony, and we want to hear yours. Tell us how God has transformed your life. Each month, we will select a person to highlight and interview. Find out more at TestimonyStories.com. Testimony. Download the podcast of Testimony and Musician Story on iTunes. Find out how at TestimonyStories.com. A Musician's Story. You know I want it. I need it. You've got it. You know, so you flaunt it. I see it, hypnotic. I can't help but to stop dead and look at it. You've got me wrapped around you, a hooked addict. But what about, what about God and love the heart of us? What about it, baby? And ain't no doubt if we go down this route, it'll take a part of us. Yeah. Ain't no doubt about it. Ooh, baby, I know we could be the perfect match. Yeah. Let it burn. But I don't want my feet stuck in a trap with no return. But it looks like you got me. You got me. You got me. You got me now. You got me. You got me, you got me, you got me now. Bear Trap is a baby making sounded song, and it too has sparked a lot of conversation. That song was birthed directly out of uh, dumb decisions that I made with my ex girlfriend and crossing physical boundaries that were not meant to be crossed. And the results of of crossing those boundaries was very detrimental, and it that honestly caused so much friction in our relationship that we ended up breaking up because of that, because of crossing the physical boundaries. And I didn't realize the extent of it until we crossed those boundaries. And um, and I just don't need to talk about it. It was one of those things where, again, I didn't want to approach this topic of lust and purity with the typical Veggie Tales don't have sex song. Like I wanted to make it a song that's very, very crafty, very artistic, very sensual, very seductive singing in my falsetto type of stuff and I didn't I wanted mm-hmm. to make it that kind of song where it can actually genuinely connect with people and put them in that mind frame of like I, I'm listening to this song and I feel like it's baby making music but then when I actually listen to the words it's like it's telling me the exact opposite and I wanted that I wanted that that battle and that contradiction because that's exactly what is happening in your mind in the moment where when you're about to cross the physical boundary. It's like I want to do this, but I know that if I do I'm probably going to regret it in about three minutes from now. At the end of the song, I wanted it to be kind of a cliffhanger of, um, you've got me now. Like, so we've crossed that physical boundary. You've got me in your grasp. I fell into the trap. 
um, you know, the power of seduction, the art of seduction, bear, you know, B-A-R-E is more or less talking, talking at like the power that skin has over a man, you know, a man seeing a woman's skin or seeing portions of her body that are uncovered. It's just like, it's, it's very powerful for a man because we're visual creatures. And so that, that was kind of the inspiration behind that song. Um, and then I wanted it to tie directly into the next song, which was, uh, Interruption. Uh, now that I've done this, you've crossed this boundary, you've got me now. Now I feel like total crap, and there's so much stuff going on in my head, I feel like I'm about to erupt, it's like I'm about to explode. But, you know, that whole song again, that interruption talks about, you know, touches on um, that there's still grace, and that God can take the, the ashes and turn them into beautiful flowers and roses. My castle is empty now, and I was hoping you would stay my queen. Cause for so long all I've known is all these abandoned rooms. I can hear the walls when they cry at night But the stars are stepping stones And we can even share the moon, baby Just let these galaxies of ours collide Cause this empty room was meant for you and me And all of our affections Our confessions, baby King without a queen has a vacancy that frames his reflection And so it seems every king needs a queen I just wanted people to walk away with like There is beauty in transparency, there's beauty in vulnerability, there's beauty in weakness Because it is in weakness that God can actually be strong um, and be who he's that's right there in scripture. In your weakness, I am made strong. That is when my strength is most prevalent is when you are weak and you actually admit that you're weak and you know you're weak and you have to rely on me for strength. Thank you for listening to Testimony, a musician's story. To hear this episode again, as well as past episodes, visit TestimonyStories.com. Until next time, I'm Brown Theory, the music lover constantly seeking positive music.